Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to another episode of Supernatural, The Crossroads, The Winchester Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, we've got Ryan Denton and Michael Flores. Okay, as always, you can find this show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Supernatural, The Crossroads. Be in mind, though, our preferred podcast provider is iTunes, because if you leave us a review and help rate the show, it helps us get seen by other people and helps us do more. We definitely need reviews, so if you haven't done so, head on over there, let us know what you think of the show, and get an idea of what other people think if you're a new listener. And I don't know if anyone will stay around for that after our opening of Fart Sounds. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about The Winchester Season 1, Episode 5, Legend of a Mind. And this one, uh, I'm not. I, I'm curious to see how the room felt because I feel like it could have gone one of two ways. It's definitely helped progress the myth arc, mm-hmm. which is something I think we've talked about at length. We yeah. definitely need. There's only 13 episodes, and this season really needs to fucking pop if it hopes to have yeah. a future beyond that. And this episode definitely brings the Akrita to the forefront, brings them and some of their abilities to light. The effectiveness of which I, I think we'll be talking about a little bit here, but not not as not a weak episode compared to I think I think three and two and three might be our low points so far. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I think the show is what you would call a slow incline. Yeah, it's definitely slow, like a it's an entry point level five point seven grade. It's about out of a ten hmm. point 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 five. Yeah, yeah, somewhere That's around. It's an entry slow. level hike. It's an entry-level hike? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, in this episode, we have... uh, If the narrative needed to get on the bus in the 80s to go to school... Oh, boy. (laughs) Finish it. (laughs) Finish it. (laughs) Go ahead. No, it doesn't. How many seats would be on the bus? (laughs) Uh, All right. So, in this episode, we get a little bit more explanation or insight to the Akrita, not just their, their leader and who's in charge or maybe their a few people who are behind the scenes of things, but also their actual abilities, namely that they can take over people's bodies to some degree. Stingers. I will say, I feel like this was a little unclear and maybe it's just me being a dumbass, but I feel like it was a, a little uncertain as to what exactly they're capable of. Still, they're not necessarily controlling people as vessels, but they are in a sense possessed by these stingers that they use or that they infect people with that hide not only physically in the body, but in the recesses of your subconscious. And while it was delivered, I feel poorly, but the idea, generally speaking, I liked that. They also have a, a bit of a affinity for radio from my own job. She's very, she's, she's very, she's very good at, you know, being a, a jockey. 
better than us for sure. Right, right. Did well, she go to broadcasting bar. school? You had think? to have. Had yeah. to have mm-hmm. easily. All that accredita. I'm wondering accre- if she's the like, accredita accreditations. I'm wondering if she's tattooed, so you would just basically fall in love. Oh, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You don't. You, you're not in radio, especially rock music, and don't have a single True. tattoo. As he's got tattoos. Come on, he's got a lower back tattoo. Right up your alley, Mike. Yeah, that's that's what I like. Well, you know, isn't you know, it you like tramp stamps? I do. Well, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, what? Oh, okay. on men and women. Oh, I mean, you know, men and women find him sexy in uniform. Gotta hate that fucking. <laughs> I hate that fucking line, dude. All right, so we also had a little bit of more background introduced on our last recurring member. Uh, Ada learning that she has, in fact, a son, but not just that, a half Jin monster son. Are you read my parentheses, or which you know? Is that the first time you saw that? I, just, I was just kind of <laughs> glancing, and I saw it, and I <laughs> just read what the whole line says. So it says Ada has a son that is a half Jin. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It shouldn't be that funny, but it is. I want to know where they're getting these actors. I know, dude. They're so so looking. Like, why doesn't anyone look like someone you would see walking down the street? Why has nobody ever had to use a razor? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the question. (laughs) Not a single facial hair amongst the group. I didn't hate the fact that she had a son. I, I didn't I didn't dislike that. I didn't even dislike the fact that he was half gin. I thought that was a cool concept. But I sadly have to agree with Mike of I don't know her enough to give a shit. Right. I, I agree. I'm, I'm just saying the character in general. We'll get into it because ultimately, yes, I did say, okay, okay, who gives a shit? But then it wasn't really about Ada. It was more about how you can make this work for our core characters. Right. And in that sense, it did work. But yes, the character himself is just, I'm just like, why is he doing parkour? Is that something that Jen do? Yeah. CW loves their parkour. Yeah. Every single episode on the CW, they seem to make sure they have two or three seasons or two or three episodes a season where they have some character doing that. I could not cringe harder at that entire intro runnabout sequence. Well, I was like, I will get into it. Bond did it like 12 years ago. It was that opening scene. That's what started it all. After they did it, it was like a 20 minute sequence where the villain, the the motorcycle and he was, it was fucking amazing. And it has huge narrative significance Um, at the end. See, I thought, see, I thought it would, the the character was going to be a vampire or something moving like that. Because that's something you would see a werewolf that climbs, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, he's half whatever. He's, he's, he's blade. To me, the you know? gen were he, always very mysterious, slightly yes. brooding, slow moving because yeah. they didn't give a fuck. That need, was the yeah. vibe they gave. It was like, I'm so they, cool. They catch you in your sleep and then Look, they feed on you forever. They're the Venus fly That trap. was the thing that the only thing that I liked about Bloodlines, the backdoor, mm-hmm. the backdoor spinoff. Don't that got canceled. Bloodline. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, you should have known. You should have fucking known. I'm going to say blank lines from now on. It's like (laughs) blank lines um, or BL. BL? Yeah. That was the one thing that I liked about it is because they stayed true, even though they tried to mafioso up the the entire monster hierarchy. The the fact that they still kept the gin very low key. Yeah. Quiet yeah. in all dark clothing. Did he even? I don't even think we saw him move. He was just sitting there in the chair. 
And then they give us this guy who looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. I, 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 the casting's gotta, gotta improve here, folks. We gotta put hormones back in the milk. I don't fucking know what's going on, but there's not a single testosterone aesthetic. Yeah. Across five episodes at all. These are just a bunch of, you know, soy latte drinking hunters. Like, who? (laughs) And dude, okay. Who thought this was a good idea? The monster side of supernatural has never been do you remember the two gay characters they introduced in supernatural they were hunters and they were hardcore motherfuckers yeah they were badass i remember that which two i remember the brother they were mexican i believe it was the episode with the the shriga the chiga striga striga no the chigas Remember the oh oh remember oh, the, like the, the grasshopper the, 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 the grasshopper bug guys yeah yeah they're yeah, the cousins yeah. to the accreta <laughs> they might be the chitters was the episode I, I don't get it it just feels like this is the Campbell family it, or toxic, is, is, is it's this toxic masculinity and they're not allowed to have that in the Winchesters in 1970 yeah it's strange that to me so far that's probably one of the biggest deal breakers for me and it is a deal breaker yeah. Hunting has always been testosterone fueled. That's not something we need to run away from having testosterone monsters, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but you need to be some sort of a badass to kill monsters. I I hate to say that, but it's true. You know? Yeah. And that's something that I I, I think we're going to get into in a minute here in the episode, but I love what they're doing with John. Yeah. And they're getting there with Mary, but the rest of the characters, I don't know what they're doing. This is because in fact, this is exactly what I wrote. A bunch of useless people. What are they going to do? And I wrote that as they're chasing after the gin within those opening yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Why is Latika out on the field hunting? I she's said a this pacifist? What's weeks she, ago. What's she going to do when the, let's say she encountered the gin. What is she going to do? What is Ada going to do in her mumu? Well, that's the thing is like, it's, it's a poor understanding of what supernatural is. And it's not just that it's, it's not having confidence in making your own characters have to face any sort of conflict. I talked about this on one of the extra hour shows that Latika, who is a pacifist is not utilized in a compelling way. She is on the front lines, but instead of having situations boil over until she has to make a choice between her friend's life and her pacifistic views, She's just conveniently around, never needs a weapon, never has to physically defend herself. We used to have monsters bite at people's throats. Hunters would die in combat all the time. And these five are just walking around, no weapons in hand. No one pulls a gun. The one that is is a fucking squirt gun. How many gunshots have even gone off? There's definitely an ideology that's starting to creep in through into the show because even the last episode before we got the reveal that he was Mars, the God. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh look, there's a real guy here. There's a guy that actually looks like he belongs in the seventies. He looks like a vet. He looks like a vet. Yep. And what did he end up becoming? The villain of the show. I feel like there's an ideology here. Yeah. And I don't want to get controversial here, but it's there. The reason that this, am I wrong? Right? No, you're not. And it's, Unfortunately, and I and I keep harping back on this, and I and I know that I probably sound like a broken record, but this is not the 1970s. It's 2022. It's 2022, and I'm sorry, but it just takes me out of the whole fucking episode. We talk about it a lot, 
But the show that did time very, very well was Lovecraft Country. They dealt with the issues of 1950, but still gave us compelling characters that fit in a world that a world that made sense in 1950. Well, and that's the problem that I'm seeing with this. I think you're right, dude. And I know I don't want to be controversial. I know that there's an ideology. There there. is. And it's like, dude, look, anti-gun now too. It's like, and you think that's in there too, because no one has guns. How many times has a gun been fired in five episodes? Zero. Zero. Five episodes. How many times did Dean shoot a gun in Supernatural? Hunting Supernatural. And how many times have we fought, shot a gun? I would say less than five. Yeah. If this show gets canceled, which it's according to two reports. It's not doing well. It looks like it may get canceled. If that happens, you only have yourselves to blame. Yeah. So one, the reason that this world doesn't feel real and that it feels like 2022 is because it is. These stories currently are being written by upper middle class, if not lower in high income level, educated. Liberal white. Liberal white. Yes, I said white. Liberal, educated, middle class, suburban people who live in an L.A. or New York or Toronto-based area in which their worldview of what they see in the world as multicultural and what is true to the modern-day audience is a hyper-mixed city life that is not representative of Lawrence, Kansas, or for that matter, most of the country. 90% of the world does not represent the cities that we are believing we're seeing by looking outside from the writer's room. So you have the very same ideology, the very same viewpoint, the very same narratives, the very same political social commentary that nobody else questions. And the problem with that is when that bleeds into your storytelling, it makes it very predictable because if you insert Lord of the Rings, a heterosexual (laughs) white male, Frodo, you can almost guarantee they're going to be the villain. Yep. Because there's nowhere else for them to go in this current zeitgeist that is being portrayed. And as a result, our narratives are becoming predictable and stale. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. And I think it, it takes me out of the episode. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like, I don't care about putting in your political beliefs and shit like that. But when it becomes so obvious to me, yeah, that's when it's like... What the fuck? That, that, there was a comment that was made by a car- an actor we just talked about during our last episode discussion, Jesse James Keitel. Mm-hmm. She was cast as a villain in Star Trek, the, uh, the new series, which is really good. And they actually tried to, you know, poke the bear and create problems because what these, these people do now during press junkets, trying to show that they're thinking more broadly, I'm more aggressive and very, yeah. And they said, how do you feel about being cast as a villain? You know, you're the first trans woman to be cast in Star Trek. How does that make you feel that you're being cast as a villain? And her response was fucking perfect. She said, I think we're past that. I think trans people can be villains too. Villains are more fun. Yeah, Ask any I actor. believe she said yeah. that at the end with a smile on her face. So it was just like, well, why can't we trans people, black people, Asian, they're people too. There's yeah. good people and there's, and bad, there's people. bad people. They and have demons. Race, ethnicity Doesn't has matter. no part in 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 defining whether you're good or bad. No. Yeah. It's just and and yeah. We need to move. We on. need to move on. on. There's more. There's more to talk about it's beyond just, but this. But I, I wanted to. I wanted to wait to the fifth episode before I brought that up. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure it was there. Yeah. And no, it, it is there. It, it definitely is there. All right. So let's get let's get into it. Let's 
speed things along here. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? I know it's not the Iliad that you read last episode. I'm actually really disappointed. I mean, just a message, since we always had messages to... I'm not going to let this go. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to stay here. <laughs> because... Let it out. So fucking angry. Yeah, Let's let, it out. Out, no, let it out. Let it out. This is great. Anger. I love this. You know, we called Andrew Dab out on his shittiness. Mm -hmm. And listen, Robbie Thompson, you're a good writer, bro. You don't need to earn points with the minorities. We like you. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You, you listen, I'm Mexican. I like you, bro. I liked you before you started to try to do this show like this. Anti-gun, kind of anti-white, anti-testosterone. You're one of the good guys. You didn't need to prove it. You're a good guy. We all know you're progressive. And um, yeah, that's it. All right, then. I'm white. And, and, I and also quit self-hating. <laughs> it's okay to be white, buddy. We still got St. Patrick's Day. All right. Well, let's get into the synopsis for, synopsis for this one. Uh, no, go ahead, Mike. You want to say something else? I, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to let Mike have his moment. I just... It's fucking giddy to be bad. Like this yeah, type of stuff. Dude, it is. It should. It ruins our storytelling. I don't use this a lot, this word, because oh. I hate it. And it's overused. Oh, I know what you're going to use. It's starting to feel woke. Yeah. And yeah. that's a term I don't use. You, and I've said, you and I, have gotten I loathe into, that word. You and I have gotten into it about what is and isn't woke in some modern day media, because I argue that some of it is. And you're, you have not been a fan. You are very hesitant to, to, decry something as woke. Yeah, this right here, so far, five episodes in, is what I would categorize as woke. Thank you. I, I will say this. This is yeah. all I'm going to say. I saw that from the first episode, and I've slowly voiced my opinion. And I agree. I think that Supernatural OG never, never was never, this. They, no. It had a lot of problems towards the end. It but even never then, felt but it never felt no. Nope. This is this. I will tell you this. I did Flash, I did Arrow, I did Legends of Tomorrow for a while. Those shows fell victim to this too as well. I was I I could see the the seeds I knew were there. I'm this like, is okay. this is white. It really started to sprout. It really started to sprout with episode pain four. Penance. Between Carlos's unnecessary dress statements and the shocker statement by Latika. That's when it really started to blossom into a woke butterfly. <laughs> and there's some elements about this one. That's not a whole lot yeah. better, but, but the John stuff's good. <laughs> John I mean, Winchester's it, dope. It is. The John stuff is yeah. good. And yeah. the Mary stuff's as much good. as people yeah. might hate that. That's sadly the best thing. Yeah. Going. And, and, and honestly, John and Mary are still, it's all you needed. It's all we needed in the first place. Anyways, all right, let me get to the synopsis. Well, um, look, look at the only two categories we have. <laughs> John and Mary. John and Mary, yeah. Um, all right, so I'm a little disappointed in this synopsis after last episode's synopsis, but whatever. I mean, we can't all have winners, but, you know, clearly. Uh, a councilman dies <laughs> he under... He just explained his own joke. Yep. Sometimes you gotta. Again, there's people like me out there that need the explanation. A councilman dies under mysterious circumstances, and the group suspects Akrita involvement. Wow. Directed by Lisa Soper and written by <laughs> written by Sahaj Sethi? Yeah, that's, that's Sethi. Or I, is believe, it Sethi? I believe that might be right. I believe you're right. Yeah. Sahaj Sethi. It's right. I think it's Sethi. I think it is too. Yeah, I think it's Sethi. The, the H is silent. Yep. It's like a Egyptian name. Sethi. 
All right. So we'll get into one of our apparently two categories uh, <laughs> for this week. It, this episode was odd to me. I don't know. Because the strongest parts are still John and Mary. I think the show is starting to find a bit, a little bit better footing with their relationship. It starts the very beginning scene of John and Mary working on the bike together and, and having a few confused, conflicted moments. John talking to his mom, not knowing what, how to read her or anything like that. They still got a long way to go, but at least seems like when it comes to their motivations, when it comes to their characterization, it does seem like Robbie Thompson and the team are shaping those puzzle pieces accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like that. I don't want it to, we we were fearful that this other reporter guy would come in and be the third wheel to this whole situation. I don't want a Ross and Rachel where they were on again, off again, crap. We were on a break. Yeah. That only had one time and that was the nineties and that's where that needs to stay. But I do like how it is a little bit more complicated and for the most part feels very real where she's a little bit more no nonsense and business and he's interested but doesn't want to be too forward with it and isn't sure how he, he needs to feels. Stop beating around the bush. Okay, I <clears> want to <throat> ask you guys a question. It's men. And yes, he should go for it. No, no, hold on. Yes, he should whip it out and show him her trouser snake. <laughs> if she is finding time in her day to okay. come to the garage... Yeah, she wants and to fuck. work on the bike. Yes, I would be fucking her on that bike. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's reality. Yeah. Like, well, if, if how she's, is he not sure how she feels? She may not be in love with you, but she might. But want the she D. obviously digs you. Yeah, she wants mm -hmm. the. D. She's not going to socialize with you tall, outside of business hours. If she didn't, you're a six five dude. Okay, clearly good looking guy. Probably Mus have a muscular. probably have a nine and a half inch dick. He looked, he's skinny. looked pretty good he, in those he pants, probably right? Does. Did he look yeah. pretty good, Thomas? He's he looked he looked like he had an ass, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's got he has to have a dick. He can get it. Yeah. Yeah. He could split her in half. <laughs> and he hasn't yet. And it's really disappointing. Well, mostly I think canonically or or historically, come on, it's the fucking seventies. Everyone was high. Everybody fucking. was fucking, dude. Before you met people's I'll, got people's names. I'll bet you. John's mom is out there fucking. And this is a thing How that she pays for the garage. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I pay her. With well. what? Who my dude? Yes. I just wanted to hear you say it. Listen, you know what? Um, what were we saying? <laughs> you were asking the room. I was going to say something inappropriate. You were asking the room. Oh, no, no, that was the question. Like, wouldn't you guys also? Yes. Like, yes. No. Okay. So in reality, in reality, okay. If I were working on my car. And a girl came up and was very interested in like, oh, what are you doing? Especially if she knows already, but yet she's being like polite and yes. pretending she, she doesn't. Clearly Why is the fuck interested. are you here? She's clearly interested, you know? And it's nobody, like. I, I, nobody comes over to be, to hang out, to do something that's not fun with it's somebody. It's called work on your carburetor and chill, dude. That's, it's, it's the Netflix and chill yeah, like of the 70s. Of the 70s. Hey, you want to watch me work on my motorcycle and chill? Yeah. Have I have sexual nothing better relations. To do. I mean, I only am a child living home and alone that has a mortgage they eventually have to pay while their parents are both out. But, you know, I've got time to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We don't want to bring reality into this. Wow. My bad. That was too That's real. Been fucking bothering me that she's just in this house in the 70s and Maybe no one the cares. House is paid for, Tom. Yeah. Not everyone has Maybe a she mortgage. doesn't have to pay bills. Maybe they live liquid. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. that, that lucrative hunting lifestyle. Hey, 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 look, they probably were forging in the cart. soon to be uh, recession gas crisis of the <laughs> 70s. like a fraud ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Samuel uh, Campbell made his money, dude. Okay, uh -huh. so getting back to the, to the ins and outs of television. Now, this is a common thing that, uh, I guess a trope that a lot of TV shows do when 
they're trying to bait the audience with a relationship. Right. They never let them seal the deal. But I would think in it, to be more realistic, if they, if you want to like, let's say it's hard for TV shows to bring two characters together and then they're an item the entire run of the season. Does it, it uh, make right. it less interesting? There's got to be controversy. Yeah. Yes. So have them seal the deal because that would be realistic, but then create obstacles that then they have to prevent overcome. them from actually ever getting back to that moment. But then we know that we're dealing with two adults that end up being together anyways. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that would be more interesting. You I, know, if, I agree. But at the same time, the love that they shared in supernatural, I would even see it being realistic that they got together and stayed together and yeah, hunted. And, yeah. and, and I would be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I'm because I, it was like this idea of like fate. Yes. Yeah. They were fated to be, they were fated lovers. Yeah. And they, you know, they give us Sam and Dean. And, and the only one that can come between them is, is yellow eyes is catch. Ooh. Remember? Uh, oh. He banged out Mary. He did. Yeah. But John was gone by Dude, then. But in her eyes, he's only been dead for like maybe two months. <laughs> and she was oh, already, look, she needed some tea. Well, it's two months to me, 30 years in reality. I'm going to get my pussy poked. But, <laughs> God, I'm just listen. Well, I mean, he had that accent. You know what? I can write women very well. Oh yeah, you're yeah. very yeah. Whew. The guy that's you know, <laughs> yep, get oh. your pussy poked. That's wow. that's some sex that's, talk. That's, and, that's, oh, is that that's, that's gonna that's, that's gonna warm Shall up I the engine? You of, that's something uh, that ladies like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really hope of you believed that with that I delivery. really need the ladies that listen to this show to comment on our Facebook page. <laughs> Please don't. Please. Because I really want to we'll know if you like to get your pussy poked. Well, if it was done in the, with the right voice. <laughs> Use the right voice. If it wasn't me saying what, it. What voice? What voice? If I had a different face. What, if you were what, a different person. If I was Jason Momoa. In a different reality. And I said, do you want to get your pussy poked? Then Yes. Oh, that sounds so gross. I'm going yeah. to take that out. No, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Every now and then you've got to say some dumb shit. That was it right there. All right. All right. So John, John Winchester, right? Yeah. I think they've been doing a decent job with Mary and him setting up that relationship. We get a little bit more momentum in this episode, a little bit more of a sign that she's interested in him more than just being the one-way street that it kind of has been for a while now. Yeah. Her fear of what to do after the hunting life and and in many ways talks about how so much of her life has been closed doors. She doesn't even think about John as a relationship that has any longevity or possibility. Until she bangs. Un- until she gets rid of this hunter lifestyle. Until she gets her pussy poked. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Should oh, not man. have said that. What? <laughs> it's the new thing that Ryan's going to latch on to. Yeah. But we all we we did have some more movement on her trauma and we had a little bit more insight to the man that John would become. And I'm I'm glad to see this kind of be a regular thing. Like back in the day Supernatural had the little bit at the beginning and end of the episode that moved things along or dealt with the brothers relationship yeah. more heavily. This, I feel, if you're going to copy, which we gave the last episode a lot of flack for just following the Supernatural template, but if you're going to copy any part of that, it should be that the beginning and end of each episode kind of leads a little bit more towards John and Mary's relationship that builds on that a little bit or gives us a little bit more insight. But, you know, in in this one, we see a little bit more of John's viewpoint that would become the... 
driven man will eventually know when it comes to some of the hunting. Uh, in this episode, we have an introduction of a new character monster, monster character of Tony, the half Jin child of Ada. But despite that, John has a very black and white view, at least from the outset. That's racist. Okay. I thought you were going to say John <laughs> is black and white. I'm like, well... <laughs> He has a very distinct good and evil view. Oh, there we go. Okay. Of monsters, at least from the outset of this episode. When he talks about it, it doesn't matter how they get to us or who they are, it's our job to hunt them. Hunting monsters is a, a de facto statement. It doesn't have to be questioned. And, and I did like how this kind of reminded me of Dean in season seven, where he has to hunt down Sam's friend. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Amy was her name. Amy, Amy. Amy. Yeah. 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 Amy. Amy. Uh, because Amy. they're a monster and you can't trust them. And there's a darkness that comes with that. And I liked showing that he was the one who was driven to, to have that mentality here while everyone else was either questioning or defending the, at that time, prime suspect. I'm talking to myself. God damn it. We two fucking giggle monsters over here. I can't believe only, my God. Only Ryan knows all of my obscure movie references. I can't see you. That's I'm just seeing him laughing. That's from, from Congo. Congo. Yeah. Amy, Amy, Amy. Amy. Bad gorilla. Bad oh, my gorilla. God. He started doing the arm thing, and I lost it. I'm sorry, That's Thomas. what she does, right? Oh, fuck. Amy, Amy, bad gorilla. Dude, you see, he started, you couldn't see it, Thomas. No, I he, can't see it. He started doing the art thing and I fucking lost it. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just, that one got me. No, I just really, I'm just doing a monologue over here <laughs> with no listening. input. God damn, I can't believe that. Oh, Jesus sorry. Christ. Okay. So then John murdered everyone and the episode ended. <laughs> that would be awesome. Fuck yeah. I, I want to. Demon John. What, what part were you on? Because I want to add to it. John was the only one who had the definitive monsters oh, are evil. We have to yeah. kill them regardless of their setup, basically. Ada, obviously being the mom, doesn't want that to happen. Latika is, as always, a pacifist and ineffectual and just kind of hanging out with everybody else. Carlos was sympathetic and Mary was indifferent. Well, I think the the line from John is literally the first line like, yes, John has been slowly getting to a, a familiar territory. You know, they're working us towards that. But then when he says it doesn't matter how they get to us or who they are, it's our job to hunt them. Even though at that point he already knew that it was her son. Right. Yeah. He's going to kill this guy. Yeah. Despite the I thought fact there was going to be some conflict. Despite, despite the fact that it's Ada's son, he's going to do the dirty deed that needs to be done. And my question that I want to pose, do you feel like that was a huge missed opportunity. I feel like the entire setup was a massive missed opportunity in this episode. Because I feel like they could have really... It should have they been... Could, they could have really pushed John's yeah. entire development mm. forward in a single action well, zero by to having him be the one who kills her son. Absolutely. And there was no need for us to bust a nut immediately by having it revealed that he's her son. We should have been hunting what we clearly felt like was the right suspect on the trail. All the clues lead to it. John's the hunter. This is kill, how it's kill, done. Kills Tony. And either at the end we reveal Ada's the, the mother and wants to defend it and that throws a whole gray area wrench into the plan. Or 
John moves forward, showing a sign of his character deep down who he is, what he believes in and what he does by committing that act and causing a schism in the group because we're coming up on the mid-season finale, or we should, halfway through 13 episodes. This is episode five. Maybe not quite there yet, but there's, there's, this is something I brought up in a previous episode. There's constantly not enough conflict. They just get into places, no issues. Cops give them a pass in the house. The doctor doesn't question who they are. No one ever re-asks questions like, how did you guys, there's no authority figure for, you know, there's no department of X or Y. The team all gets along or takes a vote. Sam and Dean used to fight and bicker about how to do things to the point that in the first season, they separated. And that's how we meet Meg. But in this, everyone just is happy-go-lucky and working. And there's no inner conflict between our characters. Instead, we just immediately say, he's my son, and he's going to sit on the side of the story until necessary. I think I think if if by having John... That would have been dark. Well, it would have been super dark. It would have added to John's zero to a hundred about killing Mm -hmm. monsters. Right. And I, he's a soldier. It would have backed up Nito's claim. Yep. And I I think that's the, I I do think it's a missed opportunity. Albeit that I think, you know, it would make sense if we were in season five of this show and John had learned that maybe some monsters aren't bad, but like to be very accepting just coming off of the last episode, when you had right. the, the God tell him, obviously see something in him yeah. that he could use to his benefit right. to right. use him as a tool, a weapon to get rid of the Akrita, because it's obviously threatening the gods as well. All of reality. It was already set up. There's something in him. We as an audience know that there's something in him, that, that a darkness that he can call upon mm-hmm. when need be. It's the way he survives. It's a, it's a survival instinct to rely on that darkness. That's a real fucking human story that's a, that's right there. Yeah. Yeah. And if they would have used what they had set up narratively in the last episode, they could have justified in this episode him killing the kid. It would have been yeah. way more impactful, way more. Yeah. But as you said, Thomas, for some reason, they're afraid of internal conflict with these characters and actually- Which should be the building block. Actually- Dirtying them up and getting them bloody. Yeah. We, we don't, we're not pushing our characters can enough. You, can you see Carlos and John taking a swing at each other ever? Like They're, a real no, swing? No. Whereas with Sam and Dean, they were taking blows. Dude, Dean murdered like we, three the dudes. Thing that I'm talking about even fighting with but each I'm other. I'm just yeah. saying like we watched Dean murder three people. Yeah. Like, you know, that was zero That's to a hundred. We, we have all these conflicting personalities that for some reason get along. You have a hippie, clearly liberal due to his very inherent nature, Carlos, with went to war, very traditional John Winchester. Both are soldiers who have a a similar background, but have completely could have had completely different ideologies. One believes we kill them no matter who they are. And Carlos clearly is a great advocate for there's more to people than just the surface or just because they're different from you doesn't mean they deserve death. We have pacifist Ada hanging around with gun-toting happy to blow away people, Mary, who's got, I think, the highest kill count on the fucking show. Mary's fucking murdering people, dude. You've got Ada, who has both this darkness that she'll put a demon in a tree and leave them to an eternal prison, but also is this mother figure who loves her son, who she also abandoned or he ran away. There's not, and everybody just gets along. Sam and Dean could barely agree on food. Not alone. that we're campaigning for conflict, melodrama necessarily. No, but no, just no. true human conflict. I need more human reactions. 
from some of these people, not just agreement. Not just eyes roll. Do you remember? They're afraid to make any of these people look bad. Correct. And so therefore nobody does anything. Sam and Dean had a lot of character flaws within those first few episodes. Sam's very selfish for a long time and very self-centered. Dean is pig-headed and, and a womanizer. Stubborn. Stubborn. Yeah. Closed off. Totally badass. Awesome. <laughs> like, you know, huh. There's a lot of things. And that's the thing is that it's. You got to get. We don't have anything bad happen. You got to delve more into the human condition because that's yes. what makes shows more interesting. And that's if you really want to connect with your audience, you got to delve into those types of things because those are things that are universally understood. Yeah. I mean, nobody even agrees with all their friends all the time. Yeah. I will say that the fact that he was willing to kill a monster who's even related to one of their core group is a good sign in that that is the kind of mentality you need to have that makes me believe that he could tell Dean, you need to kill your brother. Yeah. That's a huge ask. (laughs) That's a huge thing for John to be pushed to that point to think that that might be the best course of choice of action we need to see some of those kernels in his personality now. And so I think him being the only one who was ready to f- pull the trigger if needed was a good sign. Was it was a good choice. Now, last episode was much more about John and his trauma. This episode focuses more on Mary and what she went through as a kid or how she views the world. And for her, it's very much, I feel like, having the idea of having her childhood or her fate, destiny, what have you, taken away from her before she even had an opportunity to know what that might be. Her life, as of five years old, is determined for her. And as John says, kids shouldn't have to go through that. You shouldn't have to have your entire reality ripped apart from you at age five. So I liked that aspect. Because it's it's interesting and it's a it's a sad way to give that aspect from the original Supernatural a little bit of a different perspective. Sam and well, Dean, ha- oh, go ahead. Well, I just I think because Mary had such a limited role in the original Supernatural, and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, yes, we got more Mary towards but the end, the first five, but the first five, she all we really ever really knew of her was burning on a ceiling, right? Right, and so. By seeing, and then we find out obviously later that she was a hunter and these things and right, but this adds depth to her finding out, you know, as young as she did Mm -hmm. about hunting monsters. And I think it adds depth to the character. And I think that's the beauty of this show is that, yes, we did get married in the later years of Supernatural. We got to kind of see her and see how she was, Mm -hmm. right? But this gives us a better aspect. They can expand on the character. I think that's the potential that we keep talking about is that you can expand on these two characters that, yeah, we know a little bit about and they're on this pedestal. But this puts them back down here where we can actually see them grow into the where they are on the pedestal. And I think knowing that her trauma is, you know, her being told about you know, monsters and hunting at age six mm-hmm. is, is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for her character. And it's a huge deal for us knowing her character. And I think I did, I thought that was really, really well done. Um, 
I think it honestly, it might be one of the best things they've done with Mary so far is by giving her that depth, adding that, that trauma or that PTSD or whatever the hell you want to call it to that character. And it kind of sets the tone. It kind of makes sense in a way when you see her later, when she's older, Mary, mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I, I, I actually quite enjoyed that aspect, even though I know it was kind of quick and they didn't do a whole lot with it. It was still kind of cool. I, I think the other one too, the trauma with her shooting the kid, yeah, the the, were, I the werewolf, werewolf, yeah, was another. I mean, again, how many times do we see in Supernatural Sam or Dean have to make that tough decision? Yeah, right. And I think I love the parallel with Sam and Dean. I think that's one of the other things that I love so far is that they have done a very good job of paralleling these two characters and and uh, giving us aspects of both Sam and Dean in Mary and John. And I think that's something that we've always wanted to see, but obviously we've never had the. Well, I like to the, the parallel between Mary's life and what she wanted for her kids and right. like the, the fate factor, the destiny and being unable to escape that she didn't want that for her own life. She didn't want that for her kid's life. And yet try as she it's, might a, still like an appointment in, in Sumatra, you're gonna, you're unable to run away yeah, you're still from there. that. Yep. And seeing those little things is both a sad moment, but it also yeah. makes us even honestly retrospectively feel worse about Sam and Dean's life. It, it is. And it's, John's it's, even to it's an a, extent. It's a weird feeling, right? Because it's like with John, he kind of walked into this world, right? Like he just kind of, oh, fuck. Well, you he know? got thrust into the world yeah, and, without and a choice. Obviously, Mary grew up in the world. Right. You know, and Sam and Dean were, again, just kind of, it's just sad because it, her it she didn't want that for her kids. She and didn't want it for herself. Up, yeah. And try as she might, she can't escape she, she that. She can't escape it. And I think that's the sad part. But also she doesn't know now, obviously. Mm. And she doesn't know what her her sons become. Well, and she's also got the issue of this was, she says, her life has been de designed, designed and decided for her since she was five. And that's one of the things that John talks about is like when you leave, when you leave hunting, you should leave Lawrence to get a fresh start because that's yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah. But the problem is Mary doesn't know who she is. She has only ever been a hunter since age five. She doesn't know what she likes, wants, does on a free time besides go to the movies alone and then randomly invite guys to. Just, yeah, it's a random. I mean, you know. He was like, I'm, hey, don't uh, begrudge that, but. Want some popcorn? I cut a hole in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> It's but a, she doesn't know who she is. It's a devil's gate. The it's popcorn. a cock devil's gate. She doesn't know who she is. So even if she does, she's, I feel like they're going to build towards, she wants to desperately leave hunting and have a different life. But at the same time, it's all she knows. Yeah. And so without that, who is she? She has no sense of identity then. So she's both desperate to leave and fearful of leaving that lifestyle. He's being written almost like, I'd say through a lens of, a type of existentialism perhaps, mm -hmm. which I kind of like, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that because though. I never, yeah, I never viewed Mary as going some through some type of existential crisis. And that's literally what she's doing. There's also like a conflict with her identity, you know, what yeah. and who she who wants am to, I? yeah. Yeah. Who I, am I outside of hunting? I, I think, it, I think that's the, that's the beauty of it because we don't know a ton about Mary. And I think that's the best <laughs> thing. It sounds so stupid, but that is the best thing about it is, is we don't. And I think, Learning these things. You know there's something, though. Oh, uh, God damn it. Every fucking episode. Every fucking one. Um, Dick. Oh, oh, my God. 
I, I do like that though. And mm-hmm. I think it, it adds depth to her character. And I think, cause we knew quite a bit about John, right? Like we, yeah. you know, we, we got to see a lot of that, but Mary was one of the ones that, you know, especially a younger version of Mary. Um, we didn't really know much. And I think that's really cool that they're, they're expanding on that. And I actually do enjoy that in the show. Like I, I do, I, yeah. again, that's why our only two fucking categories are John and Mary Winchester. Like, <laughs> you know, it makes well, sense. Once again, they're the strongest element of the episode. I did find it a little weird that we're once again in someone's subconscious dealing with the demons that plague them. Yeah. I, I, Inner demons, This dude. is one thing that I kind of want to talk about. Supernatural did a good job of the events of the week parallel what's going on. Right, in the story. With, with the Sam and Dean in the overall yeah. story. And it usually allowed our characters to see things from a different perspective or get a different insight to the things that they were going through. And while I, I don't want this to follow that template, I want this to be its own thing, I feel like this also yet doesn't quite have the bravery needed to do something different enough that it it's it's in a weird middle ground it has the episode length of something that's more narrative linear driven like a game of thrones daredevil on netflix limited series and yet it's aping the format of a 24 episode keep them entertained weekly series so there's there we're resetting the board Every episode of New Hunt, Follow the Clue, Find the Monster, Resolution, next week. But we don't have the episode length for that, so I feel like we're already kind of like treading similar ground of trauma, internal mental struggle, symbolism, rather than having our characters experience things that bring these yeah. things out that that don't require us to sit in a room and do a whole separate side mental journey thing. I don't know. I just after so many episodes of being trapped in a subconscious already, I want to see our characters acting and doing things rather than trapped in and then having these inner monologue moments. We've already had Mary have to overcome her inner trauma in two different mental episodes. Episode I think three with the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Yeah. And now this, John has his internal struggle with Nito. Like the three of our five episodes and, and his internal struggle with his mother. The with, idea works, but they probably need to work on a little. We need a little bit more life or creativity. Cre- creative and the way they express these ideas about our characters. Because I do agree. I was actually thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. It feels a little redundant from the Mary side specifically. Yeah. Like I love what they're giving us. But five episodes in you're, and you're repeating. We're repeating formula. something episode three. Yeah. It just, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel They've like done it three episodes in a row, they need to have. And that's why I say, if you only have a 13 episode count, they need to be building on top of each other yeah, and telling a story in a way that game of Thrones, daredevil, any Netflix series, any Hulu series has done right now. And instead they're following the TV show formula and that's not going to work for 13 episodes. No, and We're not it, it, building enough. Especially, too, when it's going to get canceled. We've spent so. five hours with these characters. And we, besides John and Marion knowing their backstory, because of course we do, we don't have a whole lot for any of them. And that includes Ada, who's the primarily the sent secondary figure of the... Because I call John and Mary like kind of a one person. They're a group, you know. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> but Ada is the next half of this episode with her relationship to her son. And 
Does she look old enough to I, have a kid that age? Oof, iffy. That was iffy. really iffy. That was iffy. I, I, I he was what, eighteen, sixteen. He's sixteen. He looked eighteen. I don't know. Young. You don't look that old. But but with Ada's bit, I was torn on this because from a idea standpoint, I like the idea of her son somehow, whatever the setup was, is a monster. Whether that's you know psycho, psycho, psychopath, serial killer, or an actual legitimate monster, I like that idea. But at the same time. I felt like we just got a ton of exposition dumps from this story from them. And maybe that could have been part of reworked into a, we're following the clues and learning about who this person is. And Ada is mm. mysteriously gone. And I yeah. can't help you with this hunt to have an act three reveal much like I, I, for some reason I thought about the episode with Gordon and Sam and Dean, where they think he's this one kind of guy. And they go into it, and they're following the clues, and at the same time that Sam's learning a whole bunch of negative shit, Dean's becoming buddy-buddy with this guy, and then the reveal at the Act 3, or, well, maybe not Act 3, Act 4 moment, is that he's really the villain. Ada could have had a lot more interesting dynamic than just a somewhat absent but truly still loving mother that I feel is like wanting to have their cake and eat it too, and it's a point that you brought up earlier, Mike, is they don't want to make their characters look bad. Nobody can look bad. She's a loving mother, and he's immediately going to retcon and and go back and call her mom at the end of the episode when he calls her Ada in the beginning of the episode. Yep. So she's both a loving parental figure, but also hasn't spoken to him in years and but they it, hate but each it's other. it's because of circumstances. And that just feels like a fictional version of how people act. And this is, again, where we need some more grit and realism to this world. My mom would have beat my ass. Because it should have been... It should have been darker. We should have had John hunting this guy relentlessly. We should have had Ada reveal that she's the mother figure. As John stabbing him. And and doesn't want them to fight. The conflict that comes from that, what is good, what That's is evil. Instead, we get a we get an exposition dump from Ada about how he was born. We get an exposition dump about how he lived his life for so, the past few years I'm to- in a I'm dream telling sequence. You, like this is Babylon, Hollywood Babylon. <sighs> It, it is. Thomas. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And, and you're, cause you're the lore whore. Yeah. When you're fucking a gin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. As one just, does. Can they just make you see whoever you want? So like, Hey, I want to fuck yeah. Jason. The gin is like, what a dumb bitch. I didn't even really fuck her. And this kid's not even really alive. It's all in your head. It's all in your head, you dumb bitch. I mean, this whole episode could have been an aid of memory. <laughs> it's your redneck, a redneck gin. I was a red, uh, Hey, hell yeah, brother. Ah, oh, fuck that girl. I, she thought I was somebody else. <laughs> she thought I was Dale Earnhardt Jr. We were fucking right on Talladega. All right, then. I, I just, I'm curious because, you know, like, bullshit. But, but, but this is where, again, I feel like no one, no one took a second draft at this yeah. script. You have Ada there's says no, a there's full, no, there's a no full monologue, a full monologue about her husband or, or lover, not quite certain. And what he was and how Tony came to be. Then Tony has meets her in a dream, which I did like that that, that was, was a dream. Cool. That was I cool. liked that setup. I like that, that reveal was nice. But he literally goes on like a four minute speech about how he's lived and what his thought process was and what he had for lunch that day and how he's feeling at the moment. Yeah, hey, turkey sandwich. And 
And I just can't get behind that because we didn't used to do these talk to the audience so you know everything that we're going through in the moment. It's not woven throughout a story of events. It's dump, dump resolution. Yep. Like there's not even a, we, we're hunting a gin and then out of nowhere, we've got the accreta that just show up. I personally didn't have a problem with how the episode was written in the way of format. The the dialogue is atrocious in yeah. the show. That's just five episodes in. It's there's only there's better. only one way to look at it. The dialogue needs to be touched up. They need to be looking at that two or three, four, five times until it feels and sounds more natural like normal and organic. Yeah, it's bad. Well, like, come on. They're not just in her brain. They're in her mind. You yeah. couldn't say subconscious. No one looked at that and said that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> I'm not clever. I'm wise. I'm not quick. <laughs> I'm fast. The, does someone need a thesaurus for just a couple more words? That's a dinosaur, right? Each word does connote a different type of attitude and feeling, even if it means the same barely, thing. Barely, though. Like, Barely. I, I don't know that just that's one of those things where I'm like, I would have said, how do we say this in a different way? Because I like the idea of the, the the strings are being pulled, not just physically from being attacked, but by your subconscious, that idea of hiding something inception style that you don't want to face that you can't face or just fight easily would have been nice. And that's also a plot device that could have been planted in the seed in this episode and we remove the stingers and we think everything's fine. And then by episode 9, 10, 11, Mary starts having other problems or starts turning on them or betrays them or something like that. I have a question. Yeah. Oh, uh, Michael. In the back. How does the I'm sorry, your question must be in the work. form of. Because I, I like the metaphorical symbolism or let's just say the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Because it felt a lot like old school heaven inside the brain of Mary. And they have to find a specific doorway that leads to her subconscious, an area of uh, her mind, yeah, yeah, okay. an area of her mind that she doesn't want to go to. But are the stingers physical or are they? Well, yes, that's the question I had. So that's the thing is that they say, because if they're physical, then they should be able just, just to pull, pull those out. motherfuckers out. But that's what the thing is. That's what the, and this is why, or I, does it go into the brain? And both. the only way to do it is this to is metaphorically why I have a problem enter. with the writing so much. We have a soup. They, they inject her with spines in the back. It bites her. Essentially, they are physically said that we're going to need a brain surgeon. And then Latika says, not just that, there's a supernatural element. We need a supernatural brain surgeon. And I groaned. <laughs> and then they decided, you know what, who we can trust to do brain surgery on our one of our most trusted allies who literally days ago just tried to attack him. My ne'er-do-well son, who we don't really have the ability to trust, but I'm going to totally believe right now who then shows up and says, quote, they're not just in her brain, they're in her mind. So either, so A, they are physically in the back of her head as the x-ray, which also x-rays don't, sh do x-rays show brains or is that an MRI? MRI. So the x-ray they claim, which is wrong, shows physical stingers in the councilman's brain, which apparently no autopsy found. Those are physically in Mary, and then there's subconscious, deep-rooted ones in her psyche. 
So they had to dream walk into her brain to take out the subconscious ones, but right. then we never do anything with the physical stingers yeah. that they claim are there. That's where I was confused. And she just walks it off. That's where I was confused because I'm okay with the idea of it penetrating the subconscious, but it should have been more of a toxin than a physical object. It should have been a toxin similar to the gin mm -hmm. that allows them to infiltrate your mind. And the only way to get rid of that toxin is then to find the area that it has implanted itself or right. embedded itself. Right. And that's why I felt like it didn't feel well thought out or we, it just felt weird. And I said this at the top of the hour because I'm like, so do they mind control or do they melt brains do they feed on brains? Why the brains? Are the humans that we see at the end of the episode, Red and other guy who show up, who are the Akrita, are they mind-controlled I have a humans? feeling that they're mind-controlled humans. Or are they shapeshift manifested? Well, no, because they said they that said one of them the is hiding in the that form. They're that they're attacking are people that are related to this radio station, this radio tower, mm -hmm. that work on the radio tower. So I assume that these are human beings still they're not necessarily vessels they're just being controlled through these the physical mind, not physical sort of stingers setup. that embed themselves in their subconscious but why are we coming up with all of this as the audience because they're not, they're waiting to the second to last episode to show us <laughs> thomas duh and that's just where i feel like this needed a second pass because their powers and and the level of which they can influence things very wildly Within the own the, Look, the episode they exist in, they're slowly winging what the Akrita are. Okay, like you guys don't know how to write clearly, but you're supposed to slowly I, I, wing I, I a character. Say, I feel like that's part of the issue for me. Is I don't feel that you don't know how to write. Or Yellow Eyes and the Demons was a clearly defined yes. threat. Yes. Lilith clearly defined threat. Her ultimate goal vague, but but that's okay. The Apocalypse and the sixty six seals clearly defined. Lucifer. Clearly defined. Leviathans, clearly defined. So much of old Supernatural had a point in where things were going until the last couple seasons, which we all complained about because season 15 didn't have a myth arc. It just had events happening. I don't feel like the Akrita are clearly defined besides world-ending parasitic bugs. You know why, Thomas? You know why? Hmm. Because they're not the real big bad. Ooh. The real big bad is going to show up. It's Chuck. I don't know. I just... It needs another pass. And it's not just things like plot or exposition jump dumps that I feel like need work, but even basic grammar stuff. There's a point at the very end of the episode where John is talking to Mary about how she can have the bike. And he says a line that she can have. It's all hers when they're done. Just like you always dreamed of. First of all, you ended on a preposition. That's incorrect. And second of all, you could say just like you always dreamed, period. That's grammatically correct as well. Or dreamt. And cleaner. Or dreamt. Or wished. Hoped for. Something. Lusted for. The, that's, that's a typo. And it made it through. Now you could argue he just said it, maybe. You could also say that maybe it's more natural, you know, how people talk. Yeah. But like, We're not always a, grammatically correct. There is a correct. big difference in, like, when I write, I write pretty well. But when I speak, you would never know. <laughs> That's very true. I've listened to you stroke out over there a few yeah. times. Yes. So, I mean, maybe they're just trying to make it sound more natural. Maybe, but it, it just it or he just said it. Between that and the talking to the audience, it be more natural, right? Because the ad lib. Well, I mean, like, I mean, it, it might have been rent written, dreamt, oh, or, yeah. but like, 
he said dreamed of. Like yeah. it, it, that's that's probably a common mistake. And I would I would have to venture to say that in you know, millions it sh- of it thousands. It shouldn't be a common mistake in a writing room. Yeah. No, but so but that's what I'm saying. We don't know if it was written that way or not. It's, it's just and we never will. That, right. That bother me. That stick out painfully <laughs> to me. But I don't know. Maybe again, I always say maybe it's just me. I'm the asshole. Well, you are. Yeah. I, no, I agree. I definitely think this episode needed a rewrite, but I feel like that about every episode so far. <laughs> I mean, even when the ones are, even when they're strong episodes, like the last one, mm-hmm. there's still issues. There's still dialogue issues. That's my biggest problem. It just doesn't feel natural. The, the Yeah. That's my it doesn't favorite. feel like two people talking to each other. It feels like two robots. It feels like, you know how they, they you've seen the memes where it's like, I showed my robot uh, AI 5,000 mm. hours of this and had it write a script. Yeah. That's what it is. It's very robotic. Yeah. There's no feeling. There's no, there's no life. There's no life. And look, I don't, I don't even care about him saying dreamed of. It, that's a natural thing. If, if we were having a conversation, my dumbass would probably say something like that. But at the same time, that what they're saying to each other and the way they say it just doesn't seem like two people having a conversation. And I think that's where I have a problem with it. It takes me out. You don't, it's like two robots having a conversation and I like, there's no feeling. That's where I have uh, issues with it is that I just don't feel like they, they even are trying to make them seem like characters. Uh, again, I just, I feel like it's playing by the seat of its pants. So for example, the other main thing that we get in this episode is that Tony says that he heard the Akrita in the councilman and the other people's brain talking about their grand plan of trying to harvest the essence of monsters. So at one, I think we were already kind of on that page of gathering monster souls. I believe we said the word essence. We might have said the word essence. Which we need to be careful with this type of stuff because... You want to be unique, then be unique. Don't be derivative and then try to put your own flair because are we really going to start dissecting this soul and then essence? What else are you going to make up? Yeah. Grace. Grace. You could just make up the essence. Aether. What is the essence of a monster? Their jizz. (laughs) I mean, typically in, in most stories, the essence it's also the refers to the, the soul. Yeah. So, Synonymous unless with. that's what monsters, that's their soul. But we like know that's not the case because souls were in purgatory that yeah. monster that souls. Castiel absorbed. I'm just, I'm just trying to yeah. spitball here. Yeah. Okay? But so we get him saying this, which, okay, confirm. We already kind of knew that they're trying to either build an army or gather power in some way to wipe out humanity. But the problem that I have is that, they're they're sending out a beacon from the radio towers somehow to gather weird and strange monsters to Lawrence, Kansas, to bring them towards them so they can harvest them for the essence. Then what was the deal with the councilman and the various other people getting attacked by the Akrita? Because the only monster that they caught in their web of, of broadcast in this episode was Tony the Half-Jin, who didn't kill anybody and essentially got away because now he's going to flee Lawrence to not be influenced by their broadcast. So who are they talking to? Are they talking to multiple versions of them within the mind of someone who they invaded for no reason? Or is there a greater Leviathan Dick Roman level? We're going to infiltrate Congress and council and various important people and mind control them. Or have we just not, really thought to that level yet am i asking too many questions too early 
does anyone care besides me at this point? I, I, listen, I care about a lot of things. I'm bothered by, again, the idea that someone who write, wrote this episode doesn't quite understand the, um, the finer details of the FM band. I mean, if you're broadcasting on an FM signal... And you're essentially trying to reach out to all it's portions of the world. It's not going to go the way world. you want it. Well, it could. You know, theoretically, an FM signal can go across the, the world. But there are actually regulations that prevent that from happening. And the FCC, I know this is getting really technical, but these are the types of things you need to research. A signal would never be allowed to be boosted via wattage this long. And maybe a day at the most. But this is, what, weeks that the signal's going mm-hmm. out? The FCC would be on this tower in a heartbeat. Well, the other simple dumb thing that no one cares about but us is that AM stations, though sounding shittier, go farther. So why the fuck would they be on an FM? Well, are they on FM? We're just getting really technical now. I think you guys yeah, are said that. Pretty now. Sure. And they say FM. No, I'm not. See, this is just my point. And if, if, this, show, an if this show was written... Beautifully, then I probably wouldn't bring up stuff like this, but this just adds to it because yeah. there doesn't seem to be any research. If you're a twenty-something uh-huh. writer, <laughs> I mean, maybe you wouldn't understand how. What is a radio, work. you grandpa? Yeah, what, what is they, that, you boomer? Although they just did something similar with the CB radio, which did make a little more sense with the way they explained it. The CB radio was actually in the seventies, so. Um, Anyways, all right. That um, that's I, stupid. Can we can we go on one more? One more. We gotta one, close out. What happened to Carlos's outfit at the end of this episode? It's fucking awful. I don't remember it. He's it wearing the, a white blouse oh, yeah. for the lack of a better term. He looked like honestly, he the shirt looked like if it were white, he would be playing an 1872 vampire. <laughs> and then his pants were clearly from the women's rack. Well, he has lady hips. So he, he does that. He, he's answer. got. He's got to start dressing I'm, for. His I'm just body saying. Type. I just came back from San Francisco in 2022, and I did not see no gay man was dressed that poorly. Yeah, this isn't. Even, like, this is even fabulous. This no, is just it's bad. bad. Yeah. Who? I think I'm, the I'm costuming gonna, people suck. In I don't. Show. I think it's. I think Carlos is picking his own fucking wardrobe. This is what my character would wear. <laughs> what? Am I wrong? It just looks. Terrible. Like, like fuck. Gonna have to cut that. <laughs> just with the lisp. It just kept it there slowly. And then you stopped. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for for review final score scores on this one. Mike, I'm gonna come to you first this time. This is a strange episode for me because in the way of, of writing, like format. And the storylines they brought together, I guess you could say narratively speaking, everything did for me work. I like the idea of the Akrita for the most part and how they enter the mind. I wish it was a little more clear, but I do like that. Uh, It feels unique-ish, but also in line with the world of Supernatural, how monsters is always about the possession or the, you know, using the human body as a vessel. So, I think that's consistent with the world of supernatural, but then the dialogue and then there's little things here and there that just drag the episode Mm. down. You don't realize little things and what they do by the end of the episode, they can drag an episode down like the last one that I would probably had given would have given a 90%, but it dropped 10% because you said 87. 
was it 87? Yes. So, and same thing with this episode episode here, it probably would have got, it probably would get a lot larger score than I'm about to give it if it wasn't all these little issues. Yeah. The little issues add up to one big one, though, yeah. unfortunately. So, I'm going to get this episode of 74. Okay. And it probably would have been more like an 81 if they just fucking care to do a rewrite. Yeah. It, it just keeps coming back to that. All right, Ryan. These writers are rough, and yeah. I don't really care whose feelings I hurt because this is critical. This isn't personal. Why are we hiring these people? The person who wrote this episode, one TV show as the story editor. How are these people? I don't. Well, this also, is the, this is the fifth episode, fifth. fifth writer now that just doesn't have any, besides Robbie Thompson, doesn't have any real writing. But that's days. the other crime here is that as the show runner, you're in charge, your responsible buck stops with you. You owe it to your new writers to give them notes, to help, help them. them improve to improve the quality of your show. you And this is what I said last episode, whereas I feel like that that bad behavior from seasons 13, 14, 15 of Supernatural of... What's Danielle doing? We don't if need... If she has an executive producer credit, can you fucking start rewriting shit? No. Like, I... Is that, it that's just where a vanity... The, I don't know, dude. A vanity credit? I probably. Go get your ass to work. If I was Jensen, I'm like, I'm working over here. I'm Big Sky... And uh, I've got the and, boys and I'm doing the boys season four. And I have Robbie Thompson fucking sinking the ship. Daniel, get your ass to the office. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, dude. I was like, I feel like they have this unearned level of confidence or faith or we won't get canceled or it, it just feels like so many shows where they're like, yeah, we wrote it. Yeah. If we get another season, whatever, I'm going to get another job either way. Like it's just this. Yeah, I heard Andrew Dabb's this, got another show coming this out. This indifference <laughs> to really pushing to be better, to really push to polish. It just feels like, yeah, it's done. Send it in. Basically, how I got through college. It, it feels like how I treat my current day job, and that's—I'll tell you—that's not good. Oh, that's not good. Thomas is always available. Yes, <laughs> I'm available for, for a lot of things, guys. A lot of things. I need to make money. His his uh, feet finder is very. <laughs> He's doing OnlyFans during a yeah. work day. <laughs> yeah. If you want to oh, see shit. Thomas's butthole, it's on there fans. somewhere. So. I don't know. I just, I, I, it doesn't feel like a show Top that's sitting there at OnlyFans. <laughs> if you purchase this tier, you can see my devil's gate. <laughs> wink, wink. I mean, it doesn't feel like this is a team of writers, directors, producers who are telling themselves, we have to get another season. This is the opposite of the last four seasons of Supernatural. We have a decent story. The story yes, is there. It's there. Mm -hmm. It's potential. But it's being written so by poorly. Yes. Whereas we had season 12 through 15 with not a lot of great story. Yeah. But individual episodes were being written pretty damn well because the writing staff was fucking strong. They yep. just had no leadership. Direction. They had no direction. They had no direction. Andrew Dabb had no idea where he wanted to go from he went from A to Z without even hitting B, B C, D, D, E, F, There's a couple G, numbers yeah. in there. <laughs> are we on uh, C or are we on pi? A, B, Q, R, 7, 9, whale, <laughs> potato, fish, monkey, F, I, Z. <laughs> the fuck did you just write? Yeah. 
and season 15. And here's the opposite. We have a pretty good foundation for a story uh-huh. with a lot of great character ingredients there. And the episodes are just being written very poorly overall. It feels like they never got past storyboard outline and they just went to shoot. Yeah. But the reason why I'm sticking around is because of the story. I I am is as soon as the story dips, uh-huh. I'm dipping. <laughs> yeah. Out. I dip, really? you dip, we dip. Yeah. <laughs> and I dip, you dip, we dip. Okay. Yeah. Ryan, what was your score? My, what was Mike's score? 74. 74. Ryan, what's your score? I'm going to give it 72. He's um, going to give it his best grade. <laughs> best grade <laughs> It's going to be 67. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 72. Um, I, I agree with Mike, though. I, I feel like it's weird. I feel conflicted because with season 15, I was like, eh. You know, like this, there is a clear cool potential story yep. that can be told and that I would be really invested in like, no shit. I would very much be into this, but it's written and the way the characters interact, it makes me not want to watch it. And I hate to say that. I don't want to be saying that. Yeah. I want to be like, fuck, this is good. You guys should watch it. It's fucking cool. The story's cool. The characters, we know these characters, but they're expanding on them. That's what mm-hmm. I want to be saying, but it's, it's not like, I'm being pretty generous with a 72. I hate to say that too, but that there is potential here and it feels like it feels like what you just said, Thomas. Oh, we wrote it. Yeah. All right, cool. Like you guys go act it out and then we'll put it on TV. Like that's, that's what it feels like. Is anyone saying what they write out loud? Cause that's the best way to yeah. know. When Read it. Sounds you bad. have to do that. Read it out loud. So I just, I don't think they are. I want, I want this. Sh- I, I will say this. I know I'm being negative, but I want this show to work. Yes. Yeah. I badly, desperately want this show to work, but so far I'm not into it. And it, it and, is, the, and the Mark Pedowitz days of saving the show from cancellation are over. Over. Yeah. The CW just they announced. They don't give a fuck, dude. The, the CEO of CW just announced that there will only be maybe one or two shows that are currently airing right now that'll be included in the 22-23 TV season. And that's what I'm saying is that this doesn't feel like a team from any level who is striving to keep this show on the air because they yeah. care. I wonder, It feels like a team that's like, well, we've got the people I, who behind this like it and we'll get good I'm enough numbers for streaming, so we'll just keep going. I'm, I'm going to ask this, and, and, I, and I really truly wish we could ask and know the answer to this question but we never will. I want to know if Jensen's watching this and going, man, this is good. I want to know if he's watching it and going, this is, this is what I, this was my vision. I'm going to say, I'm going to answer for him because we'll never have him on the show because he'll never come. to. Okay. Me. No, I, I, I'm playing as day. No. And I think I, that's unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate because you know, he desperately and to the end of this world, loves Supernatural and loves the world of Supernatural and loves his character. And I think this is very disappointing for him because look, Jared and Jensen, I love those two dudes. I I love them to death. I, and for me to sit here and go, you know, it's not that good. 
it is really sad. It, it hurts. It actually hurts. I'll be honest. It hurts. I want to sit and watch a show and be entertained, but yeah. so far I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah. It just, I find it odd that your TV show that is the spinoff of one of the longest running and one of the best shows, TV shows of all yeah. time, a show that has a huge cult following built on the back of its first five seasons, maybe even like diehard fans. And these are the writers that you could get into your, in your, yeah. in your writing Could room? you not call anybody that did seasons one through five? There's no one else out there with a skill set. Uh, uh, not skill set, because I'm not saying they don't have skills. No, they, they have experience. Skills. Yeah, experience. You're saying there's no one else out there, two or three people that have really good writing experience. Now, I'm going to go with the Nickelodeon writer and the guy that's written one episode of TV the entire career, and he's going to write. Where is the logic in that? Where is that? Even I, the dumbest one in this room, know that that's stupid. Like, that'd be like me. Do you remember what they did on Supernatural? People probably don't remember this, but I always keep track of these things. When there was a new writer on Supernatural, the regular show, one of the executive producers that were also writing usually partnered up with them for their first two or yeah. three episodes. Right. It was a dual writing cred. Yeah. yeah. I know um, our boy, our favorite writer over there. Guy. Danny um, Perez? No, the other one that left. Shit, he's doing Kung Fu now, which I forgot his name. Holy shit. He used to listen to our show. Barons. Barons. Robert, Robert, Robert Barons. Barons. Robert yeah. Barons was the guy that they Bobo usually, Barons, man. he was usually the one that paired up with the new writer. Yeah. And we would talk about how they would a pair episode, and then later we'd be and like, oh, that, this is their first oh, standalone. Yeah. Let's see what they can do. It, it's, it's, it, let's put it down in like actual layman terms for people. Like, It'd be like saying, okay, I need to get a golf lesson. I have the opportunity to go Tiger Woods or the guy that just fucking graduated from school. Well, I can only afford the guy that just graduated. Well, I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, it's just, it doesn't make yeah, any sense, dude. It. And it's like, why you couldn't reach out to any of the writers from season one through five? Like, hey, what are you guys doing? You guys want to write an episode of the show? Yeah. Dude, it's not hard. I think there was a lot of hostility behind the scenes. Maybe. You think so? With the cancellation of that show, and then this one shows up, like, what, eight months after the other one ended, it was announced? Yeah. I could see that. Sadly, I could see that. Docs. Just listen, go to tweets. Read, read writers' tweets. I follow all these people, and I see the things they say that people don't think means anything. Others will catch on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is I feel like this episode was murky. I, I just had a hard time caring or following some of the logic. I just didn't get why we revealed who Tony was to Ada so early. I feel like we've already treaded this subconscious trauma landscape two, three times by now. I feel like characters are just there still. I'm shocked at the how, fact that everyone just ran from the Akrita. Nobody had a gun. Nobody took a shot. The just laziness to me of we're um, uh, mm, uh, building inspectors, uh, mm, college ones, so get out. Remember, in Remember episode how they two? used to forge documents and wear a suit and have a badge and give a flying tit mouse fuck? Okay, so you bring up a great example. Yeah, with <laughs> They just show up with flashlights, tell the guy to fuck off. A monster shows up, they run. 
What? That's the Scooby-Doo gang. Let's go back to the first season of Supernatural when you could say that Dean and Sam were green. Okay? Sure. The second episode with the wind, when the Wendigo, mm-hmm. when they or the Wendigo, when they were in the the cavern, yeah, that thing was scary as fuck. Yep. Did Sam and Dean go running away from it? No, they, they shot it with a they fucking knew flare gun. Nothing was going to slow it down. First reaction: bring up the gun and start shooting as they run. Remember how Dean nearly died, and that was the whole point of Faith to save the kids during the electrical in Guys, the water. Remember when Dean shot a fucking grenade launcher through a wall? Yeah. You can't that. really shoot things though on a show that's being run by people who are obviously anti-gun. I, and I think that's the thing is that it just it doesn't. The more that they're doing, the less that it feels like. I think supernatural. The other thing yeah. you have to realize too is 1970 was more yeehaw about guns. Yeah. Than we are now. Like it, yeah. it, it, Again, they were like guys, straight up yeehaw. Kansas. But, yeah. but these are the soy latte drinking hunters that have been exiled. Because they're too soft. Right, yeah, 1970. Yeah. At but, least but somebody thing. shanks We're them. not even stabbing things. Yeah. We're, we're not doing any hunting besides that zombie episode in which we clocked them with a piece of rebar and it's called it a day. It's very strange because I've read other things Robbie Thompson has written, and a lot of his stuff is macho shit. I don't think it's him, dude. I, but then why is why is the showrunner is this happening? Do you think he's just kind of being cool and letting his writers do what yeah. they want? Like, you guys, as long as you stick to my story, you guys yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. I don't think he's actually has any hands on. He's the parent that. trying to be the friend? Yes. Yeah. Do you think maybe because of what happened on Rust, they don't want to mess around with any type of dangerous it's props? possible. Yeah. And Jensen is the executive producer on this, and maybe. Ooh. Ooh. And I know I that I know that. that whole thing because I keep up with all the trades and and the fucking bullshit articles people write, meaning essays about gun culture in Hollywood. The, yeah. And there is, since that happened, there is a changing of perspective on whether or not people should always use guns in a movie let's or see TV what, show. Yeah, let's see what happens in John Wick but then, Four. But then again, at least give <laughs> us at least give us a knife. Yeah. Give me something that well, they even, can't use. Even they can't use me, knives, Thomas, because the dude, English people have a hold problem. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Even give me they are pained by, hurt of, afraid of, fended off by light, because then you can at least flash a flashlight in it. Do something that is fucking aggressive. If you're the hunter trying to save people, don't just run like the Scooby Gang and AKA the victims in the insane asylum what? episode of season one. Shouldn't their names be changed from hunters to prey since they're the ones actually? <laughs> Stop punching monsters that should be stronger than you. Stop being surprised by your own demon sigils in your van. Stop claiming you have weapons. If, stop claiming you have weapons if you're never going to use them. Stop I mean, turning your the back nunchucks. on the fucking enemy. Throw a stick. <laughs> Bring the water gun back. Something. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just feels like I'm watching adult Scooby Doo this week, and that's why I, I got to give this one a 66. It's it's borderline forgettable to me, and it's a shame because it's technically the Akrita's first assault against our team, which should have been a monumental holy fuck. What are its powers? Let's run. At least when they ran from the Leviathans, there was a reason because nothing stopped them. And in this, we don't know any better. 
and they just run away. And the Akrita bites one and is kind enough to fuck off back home. Why? They didn't scare it. They didn't even hurt the thing. The guy sees a monster. They don't men in black his mind with some ritual. <laughs> he still knows and went to work the next day. Why do they tell children that monsters exist? How is John's mom not freaked the fuck out that monsters exist? <laughs> Why does no one care? <laughs> 66. I got I got to go to bed. Like, <laughs> Jesus. I just do. I don't just, think Thomas ever got this mad on the regular show ever. This is the oh, first this time. Is great. It bothers me because people like us, there's other people out there who are great and talented, and I know these people could do better, but everyone is in a world in which your lowest effort deserves a pat on the back and told you're great. And there's people who want more, who could do better, and it's never going to see the light of day. And by the way, I love uh, social commentary, and I don't mind their ideology. Like that's not. No, what I, my, I don't care I'm about not, that. I don't. You could easily have the pacifist character be the one who doesn't want to use a gun and get your point across. I'm yeah. not narrow-minded to think that to only value, see value, or enjoy things that's written within the same aspects of my own what you already agree my with own political kind of belief like I, I if something's good it's i don't care if i agree with what you're saying or not if it's good i'm gonna fucking watch your show week in and week out but they're obviously subscribing to some type of ideology but it's not even good do it good dude you have a political statement you want to make you want to delve into social commentary fine do it just be smart be intellectual this to me feels you, like a bunch of first-year college students that just discovered liberal politics. Let me ask yeah. you this. And okay. they want to prove to everyone that they're evolved. I want to ask you a question. Okay. When you watch the movie Predator, yeah. and the, the, the main character, the Predator, mm -hmm. okay, what does he use? Knife. Weapons. Weapon. What is he? He's a hunter. He's a hunter. He uses weapons and fucking cannons and shit. You are hunting. You are hunting animals. You're hunting literal monsters. And like, like Thomas says, you walk up and try to smack them. No, dude. You need. How many heads did we see get cut off in Supernatural with a machete? All the time. All the fucking Weekly. time. We saw Dean literally use a grenade launcher. I saw Sam shoot multiple monsters. Monsters stab multiple should have monsters. the same carefree attitude with violence like we have for Nazis. You, yeah. you shove a gun up a Nazi's butt and pull the trigger till we it all goes laugh. click and no one has a problem with no, it. No, because it's a Nazi. Because fuck them. Yeah. They're monsters. That's the whole point. And they're not even humanoid. No, and I think that's really, uh, it's weird, man. It's just, it, it's weird. I think the best word is it's weird. It's a yeah. very weird thing to have a show about hunting monsters and you're not using any weapons or anything. You don't well, hunt. That's, really that's what I was going to say. Like, let's say these writers are trying to push forward their own views on things. And let's say this goes against their own, you know, morality. Let's their say. own moral compass or guidance. Hey, well, then, you know, go write on a show that doesn't. I heard Dora the Explorer is looking for writers. Yeah, that doesn't assault your delicate sensibilities. Like, do something else. Don't write on a show that's literally about hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. It's, it's weird. Weird is the word. It's very, I, it is. I think that's the best 
adjective to use. It is weird. very weird. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, again, hopefully things can the, the, we turn things into a Watch much more dramatic. Watch next episode. They're going to use a Gatlin gun, and it's oh, going to be fuck fuck yes, out of control. Fuck yes. Rocket launchers. Bunch of people fucking. Dude. They're like, um, but but knowing this writing crew, they'd be like, yeah, we're really masculine right now. They're going to tell us exactly. They're a bunch of riots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are. Hey, hey, they hey, are. I'm so masculine right now. I'm, 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 look what I'm doing. I'm fucking. This is the most hetero so thing we've ever done. it's going to be Patrick Bateman fucking somebody? Yeah. Yes. Look, I'm using guns. I'm so violent. <laughs> He's going to be fucking shooting. Just firing off into the air. See, imagine if they did something like that. <laughs> no. Wait, see, make, make, if you're going to use Carlos as a court jester, yeah. then use him as a court jester then. Imagine if he did shoot guns like this. It would be fucking amazing to see him all dainty as fuck shooting a gun. Yeah, that would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> like, that, that would be, be yeah. fucking great. You know what would be the best part? If it was like the most effeminate way to shoot, but he's like dead on accurate. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it would be awesome. Just like, dude, like, I would fucking love it. I would be okay with that. Like, dude. It'd be funny. Lean into it. Be outrageous if you're going to do that. Be violent if you're going to do that. Have something going on. Stop with this lukewarm oatmeal of characters and events (laughs) happening. Yeah. It's gray paste of generally no conflict and things kind of go our way and everyone kind of agrees and nothing really fucking happens. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) Like wow. I, I think it has potential, but it needs some teeth. That's what I said. It does. The story is there. The story is there. Yeah, it definitely is. Go after it. That might be the longest rant Thomas has ever gone on. It might be. Because usually I don't allow him. <laughs> usually no, you kind of cut him usually off. Usually it's interrupted for but a reason. I think, I, think Tom, I think Mike was really into that rant, so he kind of <laughs> just let you go. Well, it's because I, I usually don't always agree with him, and yeah. I don't want the show to turn into a toxic you know, episode, but you know what? I think when you're dealing with stuff like this, we have to be honest. And, and I don't think it's even a matter of opinion at this point. It's a matter of, of truth, objectable fact, objectable fact. Yeah. I mean, if you, anyone who knows anything about writing, you know, television scripts, I mean, they're good. Anybody who forget that anybody who has watched TV, for the, the last, last 20 years we'll know that something's off with the dialogue it's not natural it's and not normal there's just yeah. a lot of stuff yeah i don't want to reiterate but yeah. anyway all right we got to close out all right so that'll do it here for us rant over we'll be back with episode six in about a week thank you all for listening we'll see you next time you little maggot you are no longer a part of this story hey ass butt